0: Up there, but I feel like even still, like if you're not that good, they'll still support.
1: They'll support you. Yeah. you know
0: what I'm saying? And, uh...
1: You're listening to the City World Radio Network, high definition digital radio broadcasting from the city to the world. www.cityworldradio.com Change it and Change Don't tell them to go up on uh, all events
2: and welcome to more fun moments we have a really exciting night tonight uh two guests um who are really changing the world women really changing the world um the first half hour, I'm thrilled to be sitting with Kelly Peeler, Hello. CEO and founder of NextGenVest. And stay with us because 7 7.30, Kelly's going to stay and then become my co-host yes. as Sandy Gleason joins us, from, who's a senior strategist for Shriver Media, executive producer of Maria Schreier's Alzheimer Initiative, uh, involved in Move for Minds, which we're all going to hear about in the second half hour of the show tonight. Once again, thank you all for joining us. It's more Mom Moments. I'm not going to bore you tonight with (laughs) what Morph Mom means. So if you're here, you're going to figure it out. Um, But I will tell you this. If you have any questions about where you are, go to MorphMom.com, M-O-R-P-H-M-O-M.com. For after the show, we will also have this up on a podcast, and you'll have the link to my iTunes podcast. And also, if anyone wants to call in tonight, it's 212-631-7553. So without further ado, let me introduce my first half half hour guest and second half hour co-host kelly peeler (laughs) ceo and founder of next gen best hi how are you happy to be here oh i'm so happy you're back (laughs) and by the way kelly is a returning visitor because what she is doing is so impactful (laughs) so inspirational and so necessary to all of us out there with either kids in high school kids in
0: college really
2: any kids um (laughs) Because Hopefully timely
0: were... now too with uh, college ac- application or college acceptance season going on.
2: And with that, Kelly, sort of, ex-
0: can you explain to us exactly what ne- Next Gen Vest is and how it came to be? Sure. So. Uh... At NextGenVest, we consider ourselves to be the financial partner for Gen Z, um, meaning students who are currently in high school and college and really helping them figure out how to pay for college in the smartest way possible. So just for reference, students and families leave about $2.7 billion in free federal aid unclaimed every year. So it's free money um, because they don't fill out the right forms. Um, Alongside of that, a lot of families don't know kind of like the ins and outs and little tricks around um, doing things like negotiating your college tuition or how to source scholarships in a really efficient way. Um, So we help students and families do all of that over text message.
2: Now, prior to that, though, when you initially founded NextGenVest, which is still a part of
0: NextGenVest,
2: tell us about that.
0: Yeah. So the the vision has always really been to um, be that financial partner for Gen Z. So um, we see thousands of students every year who know literally nothing about really basic stuff, um, anything from uh, how to go about financing their college education to how to not get into credit card debt to set their own budget. And so we initially introduced... um, a online education platform and course um, for high school and college students um, that were in high schools and colleges, and uh, and then we realized just namely because I was getting hundreds of personal um you know facebook messages twitter dms emails from students saying things like hey i watched student loan 101 course in my econ class or investing 101 in my econ class but can you personally answer this question for me can you personally help me fill out these forms and really saw that (laughs) really saw that um The way that uh, students engage and pay attention and absorb information is really on messenger platforms, um, primarily over SMS or text message. And so we decided to um, add on to our education platform a – A way to have, you know, an on-demand conversation with a trained person kind of 24-7 to always be there to answer your questions while sending you like positive emojis and, you know, a Beyonce gift to encourage you to have good financial behavior.
2: So how did you even come up with this idea in the first place? Like what was it that
0: led you to even go down this road? Uh, Yeah. So uh, a combination of two things. One... Uh, I had studied the history of financial crises uh, during the last financial crisis at Harvard. Um, So being a student of uh, financial history, I'm a big believer that the next financial crisis in the U.S. is rooted in the student loan market. I'm happy to talk about why. Um, But on the flip side, I had created um, various different companies and organizations, both in college and thereafter, that have all focused on empowering students. Um, and so really NextGenVest is the intersection of those two very different passions of mine um, where the, you know, if if the student loan market is the next financial crisis, ultimately this generation will be the people who ultimately um, kind of feel the the um, the effects of that in a negative way.
2: So you, you were just saying that you would be willing to speak about why you think it is. So tell
0: yeah. us about that. Sure. So tell me if if this gets a little boring, but I'm really,
2: (laughs) I don't, I'm fascinated. I now have a daughter in, who's a junior in college and I have a senior about to enter college and I'm terrified.
0: Yeah. Which by Uh, the way, we should talk about how you should negotiate his, his, uh, his tuition in a second. But okay. So why, why is this student loan market, the next financial crisis? Three reasons. One is, um, uh, is in terms of the leading indicator. So um, leading indicator number one in terms of a consumer-based financial crisis is a change in consumer identity. So what that means is to be an American, a successful American right now, is to go to college. Um, which uh, you know, compare that to the housing crisis, to be a successful American was to was home ownership, to so own it's multiple fitting homes. Fitting some sort of a persona. Yeah, it's 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 literally it's a it's a um, economic behavior pattern that is tied to your your view of your own identity of success. And so what I mean by that is it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. You go you will sign up for a two hundred thousand dollar college education not because it makes economic sense but actually because that's what success looks like currently. Um, leading indicator number two is a mispricing of risk within a particular asset class. So what I mean by that is right now. Um, Student loans are not priced um the risk is not priced into the cost of that asset class as a loan base. And so what I mean by that is
2: I was just looking at Kelly like <laughs> a little
0: bit more. Like a, yeah. I mean like a kindergarten level. So so basically it just doesn't make any sense that the cost of higher education has increased a thousand percent over the past thirty years. Um compare that to the the how housing the housing market um was everyone thought it was gonna go up and up and up and it could never go down. Basically because there's no downward pricing pressure. On the cost of higher education. So there's really no reason for a university to say, today's going to, this year is going to be the year that we're going to cut back on costs. No, that's literally not been the case for the past 30 years, which generally feeds into this idea that, okay, um, there's, this is not a a sustainable um, model for actually like effectively pricing the risk of student loans as an actual asset class. Um, Indicator number three um, that this is the next financial crisis is a broad based lack of consumer protection so um, right now and what we see over text message is like all the paperwork um, the whole process of taking out loans in our opinion at Next is frankly very predatory so from financial aid award packages which you practically need a PhD to read they don't even list interest rates um, next to things like federal loans they categorize federal loans as aid every college has a different format um, to you see in the news um large companies like navient which is the number one um student loan servicer getting hit with literal fraud charges so defrauding students around their payments Um, i again compare that to the housing crisis in 2008 where people were you know confused when their interest rates on their mortgages went through the roof because they signed up for addressable rate mortgages so really those are the three things that um uh, after, you know, again, studying 250 years worth of financial crises, what made me quit my job at JP Morgan to say, this is a big deal. Um, I want to try to do something about it, especially because the, the end user, the person who's feeling the consequence of that is an, is a hormonal 18-year-old who generally, um, like they're buying their first house or their first mortgage, the biggest financial decision of their lives um, that they can't really ever get out of um, uh, without, you know kind of proper guidance
2: so so go to this 18 year old so they get an acceptance letter from yeah, school, which is like happening
0: now right, right, right.
2: yeah absolutely yeah right now so all of you guys listening out there and I'm completely confused by this as well and so I can't even imagine what they're feeling yeah because on top of that it's the emotional roller coaster that they're going through where right. they're in, where they're not. And, yeah, it's it's a
0: highly charged emotional time.
2: As well as very much, I think, influenced by a peer pressure group as well. Like, of course. should I go here? Should I go there? But the fundamental things that are available out there financially, so there, there yeah. are, and if you would explain this a little bit as well. So there is financial aid. Yes. There are grants. Yeah. There are, there are scholastic grants. Of, so can you sort of give us a basic breakdown of of what there is available. And when you're approaching this, what are the ramifications of each of those things?
0: Yeah, sure. So if you, so for example, if you're a parent listening to this and you have a student who's in senior year of high school, First of all, like maybe have a a drink (laughs) because it's I know it's incredibly stressful. Um, But what what you will expect to be getting in the next several weeks are what's called financial aid award letters, which you've gotten kind of the highs and lows of emotionally getting into colleges or not, which through the acceptance letters or rejection letters. Now you're going to get from the financial aid office, essentially your tuition bill for each different college.
2: So when you're saying that, though, is this something they should have applied to?
0: No, no, this is from the university. So say you get into so you know, Fordham. So anyone who gets an
2: acceptance, it's yes, gonna get yes, is going to
0: get this like financial aid award letter, which is the, which is like the tuition, um, or your, your, your whole breakdown. And so in this letter, and mind you, it's really important that you actually read these things, that, which sounds stupid, but <laughs> people end up signing up for a lot more loans than they actually understand because when you look at this, it has a breakdown of. Some scholarships that the university might have given you, um, whether it's need-based, based based on your financial situation, or merit-based, meaning, like, you have great GPA, SAT scores, whatever. Um, Then you have uh, different grants. So, for example, if you um, had filled out the FAFSA and you get a Pell Grant. And I don't mean to interrupt. Would you also
2: explain, I mean, really basic 101, FAFSA, Pell Grant. And I have one other question for you as well, as far as the explanation. When you're saying there's a grant versus a merit-based scholarship, yeah. is that something you're responsible for, you're beholden for? That's, no, that's
0: a great question. So um, grant money, uh, I mean, the, the most common grant out there is a Pell Grant, which um, if anyone has, is listening to this and you have yet to fill out a FAFSA, please go fill out a FAFSA. You can just Google FAFSA. It's, a, it's the main document to access free federal aid um, from the government. And-
2: and again, I'm interrupting for one yeah. more second. Is that financially based? Yes. FAFSA.
0: Yes. So, so, but that being said, like, everyone should fill it out. So if you do not, if you're like, oh, we just bought a new house, we probably wouldn't qualify for free financial aid from the government. Uh, please do. Anyway, <laughs> it takes about two hours. Um, and the reason why is because uh, th- that I say that is there's no income cap, first of all. And the second reason is that um, – Again, like we mentioned in the beginning of the show, $2.7 billion of free federal aid goes unclaimed every year. So um, you you might as well try as opposed to taking out more loans. Um, so so yeah, so that's what grants. So the difference between scholarships and grants and especially coming from a university is that um, if it's merit-based, it's things like based on your GPA or your SAT scores. Um, and the important thing to note if you're looking at a financial aid award letter right now is that... Um, you know, look at the fine print for those scholarships. So, is it is it guaranteed for four years? Um, do you have to have a certain like? Do you have to keep a certain GPA? And that's generally the case. And a lot of people just kind of assume carte blanche that like that's going to be around for every four years. And we we deal with tons of students who lose their scholarship and they're like oh crap i gotta drop out <laughs> because i because my gpa tanked and i was relying on the scholarship so it's not it is quote-unquote free money that you don't have to pay back but it's not guaranteed free money are there
2: ones that are only say per year too as well when yeah, you're looking at? yeah so absolutely could you're gonna yes. get a freshman year and that's right
0: it. so it's really important to to look on the fine print i mean Quite honestly, like some colleges are going bankrupt, so like they might lose Title IV funding and like your scholarship is not literally guaranteed.
2: (laughs) Oh, it's not. So if something happened, is that in the fine print as well?
0: Yeah, well, so I mean, renee but, uh, yes, point? of course. Absolutely. And I mean, to be honest, like this is what we encourage our students to do over text message is like literally develop a relationship with the people in the financial aid office because this stuff is complex and it's not black and white. It's firmly in the gray area of Things change, and a university might lose some funding. Um, and the bizarre thing is that we find that students. And I'll, I'm happy to talk about negotiating your college tuition, but um, uh, but we find that like colleges sometimes just like have extra money lying around, and so you might as well ask. And this, to take a little bit of a step back, we really encourage um, at NextGenvest our users to be quote unquote consumers of their education. And what I mean by that is just like you would buy a house. First of all, you're going to go in and and see that house. You're going to like product test it, right? You're going to go see multiple different houses. You're going to negotiate the price of that house. Um, You should treat, you know, excuse me, your first mortgage, meaning your college education, in the same vein.
2: So you said negotiate. So so a kid, again, we're saying this 18. So all these letters are being opened right now in the past few weeks. Right. And again, we said it's this roller coaster of emotions, not just for the kids, but for the families. And you get in somewhere, and are you able to actually negotiate? Yes. Right? Like, how does that happen? Yes. So
0: we, when we launched our service last year, on like only a couple thousand users, we helped um, students negotiate two hundred seventy thousand dollars to in in their financial aid packages, meaning that they got more financial aid um, as opposed to getting you know having to take out more loans. And so there's a few reasons why that could be the case for you and i'll i'll go through the process of how you actually do that um, And can
2: i interrupt again one more second yeah. so you're saying negotiating that would be a loan
0: no 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 no, no sorry you so could do the
2: grant as well
0: so what that looks like is like a university okay you get you get twenty thousand dollars in scholarships from college a you get five thousand dollars scholarships from college b you get <laughs> one thousand in scholarships from college c well what what I mean by negotiate is say you really wanted to go to College C, you could go to College C's financial aid office and say, hey, you know, I only got $1,000 in scholarships from you. I really want to come here. Look at these other packages I got. Could you up my financial aid package, meaning scholarships, um, uh, so free money that, like, the university could give you.
2: And again, going back to that, so a grant or scholarship is the best way to go because yeah. then there's nothing you're pulled into. Yes. And is that more negotiable than the loan?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, so loans in a financial aid award package are, excuse me, um, those are generally, those are federal loans. So, meaning coming from the government, um, there's also loans called private loans, which you would go to, like, a you know, Wells Fargo, a Citizens, a, an actual bank. Um, and the difference between a federal loan and a private loan is really around interest rate and also the requirements to be able to take that out. So if you take out a private loan, you might not need to have a cosigner. You probably have to have a good credit score. For a federal loan, it's like, quite honestly, like, you know, you can take, anyone can take one out. Um, and that's why people take out a lot of them um, is because there's less requirements. Oh, I see. Yeah. So
2: what's fascinating to me, too. so again, we're with Kelly Peeler tonight, <laughs> CEO and co-founder of Next Gen Vest. for those yeah. of you joining us. It's a fascinating conversation right now. Now I, particularly to me, I have a senior in high school who's now here. Oh, so you're, oh
0: my goodness. So you're oh, like I'm in it. Think of it. You're in it. And I
2: have a daughter who is a junior in college. Yeah. Um,
0: so yes, I am <laughs> terrified. Wait, so let's talk about how, like, how are you doing?
2: Scared to death. Yeah. Terrified. Yeah. Two have you been getting
0: these financial aid packages?
2: Yes. I don't understand them. Yeah. And that's why yeah. it's so funny I was so excited when Kelly was coming on. <laughs> Selfishly, I'd like my own um, therapy <laughs> session, about yeah. what to do? And I really don't so so there's 2.7 billion dollars out there. Yeah. That we all need to know that we should at least give an attempt to get there.
0: Right, right. And by filling out the FAFSA.
2: So so that's I guess my my first question again bringing this back to yeah. My and I apologize. My
0: very no, 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 not at all. They, like, okay, so let's take a little bit of a step back and say that, um, all of this is incredibly complex, and it's, um, and so anyone who might be listening to this, if you're like, holy shit, what is all <laughs> yeah. this woman talking about? It's like, I would say. Um, you know, I'm right there with you. All of this is really hard and it's and a lot of people ultimately end up procrastinating and not filling out the right forms and not applying for scholarships and not negotiating because they just feel nervous that they don't know everything. And what I would say is, first of all, like, we're here to help you at NextGenVest. And then second is you're not stupid. It's actually really complex. And it's that's kind of why um, uh, we hope to help. Families.
2: So, so I was going to say, so your first step should be sign up for FAFSA, but no,
0: <laughs> first step should be sign up with Next Genvest. That's <laughs> No, your your first, first your, your first step should be to have a glass of wine. <laughs> okay, and done. be like, uh, <laughs> yeah. just one?
2: Hold on. yeah. Or a back. couple. <laughs> um,
0: sign up with Next Genvest. Yes. And you can go to nextgenvest.com dot com. You can use my free code, just put an NGV Kelly um uh into the free code section so it's free for for you. Um but, uh, but yeah, and, and by the way, I would say that it's, it's, we're primarily geared towards students. So your son would be more relevant to sign up as opposed to you, though we do have parents who like fake that their kids on our <laughs> service, which is pretty hilarious. Um, but it really just speaks to the need. Like we have, this is, this is, okay, so this paying for college is the equivalent of buying your first house. In total costs, paying for college is two hundred to $250,000 total. That's a nice house. So, you know, like in, in broader base terms. And you cannot def- – if you take out loans to pay for college, you cannot default on them. They will follow you forever. There's no like bankruptcy court for student loans. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> have you heard stories of people like, you know, dying and then their parents have to pay for loans? It's – I mean, it's really tough. Um, so – it's it's worth the couple hours on a Saturday to just sit down and actually read these things and um to just do a little bit of research.
2: Okay, so I'm now uh, you know embarking on this entire thing. So yep. again, my first step is going to be next gen vet. Yeah, or my, my child's yeah, first right, step as right. I over yeah. look his shoulder because financially I'm going to be like responsible for this to yeah. so better get this right. Yeah. So the next step is going to be to go to FAFSA. Is, is that the next step? Or like, what do you, what do you. Yeah. Do? So
0: let's, let's just put you as the example. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, say, I'm, I'm sorry. What's your son's name again? Jack. Jack. Say, okay. So Jack's got into, has gotten into a few schools. Everyone's like, oh my God, this is amazing. Um, so uh, you've gotten the acceptance letter in the mail. Um, you will, if you haven't already, will be getting what's called your financial aid award package, which is a separate mailing from the university. And that's,
2: it's automatically with every university that That you get in, that that he
0: gets into. Um, and, um, what that will be is like the bill. It's the tuition breakdown. And so, um, uh, what I would say is that what you want to do is obviously like put that all in one spot for all the different universities. Once you get all of them, you want to lay them all out and you want to compare them. Um, and so he'll get some scholarships from some colleges. He won't get them from other colleges. He'll get, you know, quote unquote, federal loans from like a different interest rate, subsidized, unsubsidized. I'm happy to say what those are. Um but if you don't see something that says Pell Grant on there or you don't see any scholarships, it's kind of an indicator, I Mean, namely like need-based scholarships, is like maybe you should go back and fill out the FAFSA. Um, and by that, I mean you can just literally Google FAFSA. It stands for Free um, Application for Federal Student Aid. And um, it'll probably take you about two hours to fill out. And again, it's that's kind of like the Holy Grail form for accessing free federal federal aid. So if you haven't done that already, you still can, even if you've gotten into colleges. So still do it if you, like in your situation, if you haven't already, um, that Jack's getting these letters, like go home this weekend and fill out the FAFSA. And then if you haven't already and you fill it out, make sure you tell the universities that um, that you have filled it out and that you should think about, you know, like incorporating that into their financial aid package. And is that before... They accept? Yes. Yes, yes. So, so, so you have to do that before the acceptance? Yes. And and um, what I would also say is that we see a lot of colleges doing a little bit of like kind of peer pressuring to get you com- to commit to a particular college. Um, they'll do things like saying, oh, you should put your down your deposit like right now so you get the best housing. And um, that's kind of like a little bit uh, just in my – to be quite crass like bullshit because – if, they ha- if they've given you acceptance letter, they've reserved your spot. So um, again, this all goes back to the idea of you are a consumer of your college education um, don't don't necessarily make a rash decision just because someone's telling you and emailing you five times a week. Um, actually think it out. Um, if you need an extension, like tell them <laughs> um, type of thing. So yeah, absolutely. Um, but it, again, this just means like picking up the phone and calling the financial aid office. It's not just going to magically happen. So you just have to be proactive as you're doing these things.
2: And as this is going on, um, can you um, – contact Vest.
0: Yes, um, so absolutely. So you. So, we help with all of these different things. Um, if, if anything that I'm saying is like, oh my goodness, I don't know what she's talking about, um, don't worry, you're not stupid. This is actually really, really complicated and um, we're here to help. So you can go to NextGenVest.com. That's N-E-X-T-G-E-N-V-E-S-T.com. Excuse me, and and um put in uh uh my free code which is ngv kelly um on the website. What I will say is that it is very much so geared towards a service for students. So you'll get like over text message, you'll get emojis and you know Beyonce gifts. Um, so if you're a parent, what would be good is to just tell your student to sign up on NextGenVest. Vest.
2: And I guess Kelly, is there anything else out there?
0: not just for the parent but for yeah. the students that yeah. you would recommend. For the students I what I would recommend is, you know, it, this is not something that m- many many parents who might be listening to this would be like, okay, well, you know, like my parent my kid is in senior spring, he doesn't have any attention for this. Um and unfortunately, if you are if you're taking out loans, um even if you're a co on the loan, your student is going to have to deal with this sooner rather than later. And what we find is that students who haven't had a conversation with their parents because everyone thinks it's uncomfortable, um, it's even more uncomfortable when uh, they're about to graduate and they're like, wait a second, mom, you signed me up for $15,000 in student loans. I didn't even know that that like how you you didn't tell me that when we were doing this. And so um, to save yourself your own kind of hassle is to just have that conversation now um, and actually like come up with a plan. And what I mean by that is we help students come up with an equation for their packages. So saying things like, "Okay, college A, B and C. What do, you think, what do you owe from those colleges? What is the total cost? What are you thinking about majoring in that college? What is the um, employment rate coming out of that college? What is the um, annual average salary coming out of that college? And so based on those things, what is the actual um, time period that you would be paying off those loans? And
2: what, a, a few fascinating facts on the Next NextGenVest website, as you guys will see, is uh, once again, $2.7 billion dollars unclaimed in student grants yeah as far as the guidance counselor ratio it technically is 500 to 1 nationally yeah and 20 percent don't have the benefit of a guidance counselor right so as you can see i think what kelly has done is absolutely inspirational (laughs) necessary thanks i i I don't know what we would do without that there because i'm telling you I have a child in college already. I have one going. I have one waiting to go in the wings. Right. It is a terrifying experience. Mm -hmm. Right. And to know that what you've created is out there and it's accessible to all of us. And it's not a monetary thing. Anybody can have access to NextGenVest, I think, is something that can make all parents sleep at night. And I (laughs) can't. Thank you enough for that. And once again, so you need to go to NextGenVest.com, Kelly. Would that be the best way to... Absolutely. And as far as
0: the text messaging, what is the best way to do You that? can just sign up online. Um, okay. uh, and like you can go – you can sign up online and um, you'll get connected with what we call a money mentor, which is a trained college student. So honestly, even if you're not concerned about the finances of college, um, but your student is like, oh, you know, I'm deciding between NYU and – um, you know, like you, Chicago, uh, and I want to talk to college students at one of those. Um, they can actually just use our service to talk to other college students, um, over text message and get their thoughts on them.
2: Kelly, okay, so first of all, I can't thank you enough for being our guest sure. for our first half hour, and now for being my co-host for the second half hour. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm thrilled. So thank you again, Kelly, Kelly, for the CEO and founder of Next Invest, <laughs> and now we're moving on. And I cannot thank enough. Sandy Lysine for coming on tonight. Sandy is a senior strategist for Shriver Media, the executive producer for Maria Shriver's Alzheimer Initiative. And prior to that, uh, prior to Shriver Media, uh, she'd been involved with CBS This Morning, NBC News, Dateline, and First Person with Maria Shriver. Sandy is a recipient of awards galore, including an Emmy, a DuPont, you name it, she's got it. And on top of her journalistic and television world, she was also executive producer of the California Governor and First Ladies Conference on Women, where she actually helped Maria Shriver increase participants and and guests coming from 6,000 to 30,000. So without further ado, Sandy, I am so excited you're here tonight.
3: Oh, well, thank you. I'm so appreciative that you've invited me on your show. Thank you.
2: Oh, Sandy, it's an absolute honor. And for those of you out there just joining us, um, welcome to Morph Fun Moments. I'm here with my co-host, Kelly Peeler. Hi. Uh, co-founder and CEO of Noxure Invest. <laughs> and we're with our amazing guest tonight, Sandy. And we're going to talk about uh, Maria Shriver's Move for Minds, which actually is an extension of what she's doing overall for the Alzheimer's movement. It's just an amazing, inspirational thing that touches all of us so so sandy before we get there will you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became involved in this
3: sure well i think from the little bio you read you see that um i've had many years as a journalist um and uh the honor of working with maria for many of them uh both at nbc and then later uh we took um a lot of the skill set we had um uh putting facts together with uh, interesting story and narrative and things that are important and relevant to people and brought them to a stage at the Women's Conference here in California when Maria was first lady. Um, And as I think you said, Maria has um, a a reach and a kind of charisma that really brought together... uh, this this incredible group of of people from all around the state and actually around the country uh, to work on that uh, the conference and the conference we treated in some ways very much the way you would tell um, treat a convention in television terms uh, your programming for people for their interests and, uh, for the ebb and flow for some drama, for, um, you know, compassion and all of these qualities that you're programming for in a regular, um, in, uh, for any regular television program, we apply to the stage. And so it's actually not that different in many ways. Um, if you're fact and data driven, uh, which we are as journalists, and then, you know, we just managed to, uh, kind of grow into this this particular area, Um, I had no idea 10 years ago if you had told me um, I would uh, Hmm. not be at CBS News uh, or NBC News, but working with Maria at the Women's Alzheimer's Movement, which just for your listeners, you should know we call WAM for short, Hmm. um, that I would be not in network television, but working at WAM trying to organize this enormous fundraiser. Hmm. I would have said you were crazy, but um, here I am, and uh, I'm delighted to be here, and I feel it's very fulfilling work and a passion, uh, especially for those of us who are women, and especially for those of us who are, you know, over 50, uh, it becomes an even increasing passion as we watch the the reality of this disease and what it's doing to our nation.
2: I I was looking at the the statistics about Alzheimer's, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think There are fifty-four million, give or take, Americans with Alzheimer's in the country right now, and every no,
3: no, 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 no. no. Let me stop you. There are five point four million Americans, okay? Yeah, living with Alzheimer's in this country today, but there are over forty-seven million around the world. So, you know. Right. yeah so yeah so you you're yeah but let's not mislead your, uh, your, your <laughs>
1: listeners as
3: bad as that but yes I mean we have five point four million people um you know Americans living with Alzheimer's right now and um you know every sixty six seconds a brain in this country develops Alzheimer's oh and two Out of three of them belong to women. I mean, just think about that. This is a a disease that discriminates against women. Two out of three... Alzheimer's cases are women and nobody can explain it the science cannot explain why that is and that's really as you know Maria has a long 14 year history with Alzheimer's um, beginning with the diagnosis of her father Sergeant mm-hmm. Shriver, a very brilliant man um, whose mind you know was completely eaten away by this disease and um you know, here we are in this country now, um, with more women getting Alzheimer's every day. It's a terribly frightening uh, prospect.
0: Is there? May I ask a question? <laughs> um, is there? I mean, that's 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 really astounding. I look at that and I'm like, it, it, there's actually a bizarre parallel between both what we just talked about and um, and we're we're talking about now. Not to change the subject, but. Um, the the modern wage gap is student loans. So across every single race, um, women have a higher debt to income ratio. Um, and I just find it interesting that, unfortunately, uh, alongside of that, women now are getting Alzheimer's two to three. Uh, you know, two out of every three. Is there any? I, I know that you said that you don't totally know why, but is are there particular ages or anything? Um, out of curiosity, that you can do that you might know to prevent the chances uh, within women.
3: Yeah, well, those are two big, different questions. So let's take the first one of those first. You know, why women? Um, and the science doesn't know why it's women, and they are pursuing it, and we at WAM, at the Women's Alzheimer's Movement, are raising money uh, in order to help fund research into women's-based uh, Alzheimer's research. So. There are various different avenues that scientists all around the world are actually pursuing and we have some brilliant people in this country working on it and we fund um, many of them. the, there's the issue of whether it might be hormonally um, based, mm-hmm. you know, does it have to do with estrogen? The brain is very susceptible during a certain periods of, of uh, a woman's life, you know, be it, be it puberty or pregnancy or menopause. Uh, you know, there is a question about what is the role of estrogen in um in in causing Alzheimer's. So that's one avenue, and it's it's exciting what they're looking at, and there's, you know, some evidence that hormones play a role. We don't have the definitive answer, but there's certainly an indication that estrogen may play a role. Women also process inflammation differently. We get MS in bigger Mm -hmm. numbers. We get Mm -hmm. Parkinson's in bigger numbers, um, and uh, that may be very related to this. You know, what maybe the hormones make us more susceptible in various autoimmune um, ways that we're not aware of as well. So hormones is a big issue that we're looking at, um, just the reality and realization that women's brains are different from men's. Uh, then there's the question of whether we are processing inflammation differently. Um, there's very exciting work going on in, in labs around the country that uh, indicates that inflammation may be an element in, precipitating Alzheimer's. We know that women may be uh, processing that inflammation differently. Women are stressed out. Um, okay. Maybe we're processing our stress differently. And I actually do see a connection. I'm sorry I didn't hear your program before, um, and I apologize for that. But I, I, from what you're saying, I think the fact that women live in poverty in greater mm-hmm. levels, that women are stressed out in greater levels, yeah. all of this... Is, is connected potentially, so it's exciting.
2: And what's fascinating is apparently it's it's not genetic, it's not hereditary, but at the same time, no, it's, there right? is a there is a
3: there is a genetic uh, component. There is a genetic component. There's a, a, a gene called the APOE4, and it may. Um, it, uh, you know, be responsible for uh, precipitating Alzheimer's in some people. Um, and this, to your second question, what can you do about it, this may be the interface between, you know, genetics and lifestyle because it's yeah. fascinating what they're learning. Um, so genetics may play um, a role, but I think it's a, a role that gets exacerbated by all those things we just mentioned, you know, stress mm-hmm. and poverty and, and um uh, inflammation thing. and right. Yeah.
2: But it could be something where it never has been in your family and you could be the first to experience it as well. Correct? Like it could be yes. something that just shows up.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. That is a fact. Um, you are not you're not, um, as we have learned from one of the wonderful, brilliant um, doctors we have worked with or brain uh scientists, um, Dr. Richard Isaacson, he always says, you know, your uh your genetics are not your destiny. So mm-hmm. yes, you may in fact um, be more susceptible, um but you can also exacerbate your genes right. with a lifestyle that may not be healthy.
0: Now, Sandy, may, may I ask a sort of off-the-wall question? Um, and this is only because I'm so fascinated with what you're saying and um, I'm frankly, like, worried for my, myself and <laughs> my mom. Um, what I haven't done this myself, and you might not know about it, but have you heard of 23andMe by chance?
3: Yes. Ha- yes, 23andMe is, that- is an amazing And I think, you know what, it can tell you certain things. It can tell you, you know, whether you have certain genes that may predispose you, but it doesn't tell you you're going to get the disease. Because I say, this is a super-duper complex disease, yeah. multifaceted, it, you know, um, and as a result, you know, the answers to it and the mystery about it, right. it has eluded scientists around the world who, by the way, are working very hard because this yeah. is going to be the worst medical epidemic ever to hit this world. And mm-hmm. uh, the numbers are staggering and frightening uh they're going to bankrupt uh, medicare they're going to it's a global issue every nation in this world uh is you know really aware that this is a, a big problem coming at tsunami they call it coming down the pike and we need to really gear up and um you know, get ourselves prepared for the reality of what's facing us if we don't find a cure, which is what Move for Minds is all about. Yeah. You know. Um,
2: well, and, and Sandy, what is it the age where it generally begins to show? And I know that's it could be any age, but but I guess the the, the majority. When is it that you begin to see it?
3: Well. W- you know, I mean, age different, definitely is a huge risk factor for this disease, But and I'd, let's put a pin in that because I want to come back to something we're discovering about early onset Alzheimer's. The thing to remember about Alzheimer's is it can be in your brain for 20 years before you even wow. have a symptom. <sighs> yeah.
0: It's terrible. So that, oh, man,
3: that's a very scary thing. Yeah. And so then what you have to say is what's happening to people in their sort of mid-60s as you get older your mm-hmm. risk for Alzheimer's increases right. um, so you know that by the time you're 65 and older one in nine Americans has Alzheimer's wow. um, you know that's a huge number that's larger than ten percent you know it's 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 you know, it's it's nine percent is almost ten percent, and that's a scary thing. When one in, in nine people right. uh, has Alzheimer's, and those those risks go up, um, and you know, it's the sixth leading cause of death in this country.
2: Because there's no cure, right? There's nothing.
3: Not only does it have no cure, I mean, the thing about this is, um, it is uh, of. You know, all the diseases that cause death in this country, really, there is no cure, you know, for it or even, though we are beginning to uh, see ways that we might be slowing it down. And that's that's where we're focused on uh, and what we're focused on at Move for Minds, which I really do hope your listeners um, will come and, and sign up for on June 4th. And Kathleen, you were there with a wonderful group last year. <laughs> it
2: was One of the most amazing things I've ever been a part of Sandy. And I I tell you that like, and for those of you listening, it was such a joy. So a good friend of mine, Sheila Clem said, let's try a thing with Morph Mom where rather than celebrating on top of celebrating women in our community, let's go out and Morph Mom goes to, let's go celebrate what's, what's going on out there. So our very first Morph Mom goes to event was move for minds and it was one of the most moving, unbelievable experiences I've ever had, Sandy. And it's an absolute honor to have been a part of it and to once again be a part of it now on June 4th when it comes again. It's all of you out there, it is literally one of the most
0: moving things I've ever done in my entire life. What are, what are the details for it? So where where is it? When it's is It's an it?
3: amazing, uh, and I love hearing Kathleen say that because I was at the very same event she was at um, <laughs> in New York, so it was very fun. I mean, because we're in many cities, we do this in um, partnership with Equinox Sports Clubs. And the reason Equinox Sports Clubs cares about this, because they're not really um, a brand that you can, you know, put next to Alzheimer's Um, what they care about which is what we care about is healthy brains and um, that is what Equinox loves about what we do with Move for Minds because we have um, a workout component to this event. Mm -hmm. Um, you go to moveforminds dot org. First of all, that's the first thing you have to do. Go to moveforminds.org. Uh you sign up and you become you pledge to raise two hundred and fifty dollars and we help you through the process of doing that through your family and friends and associates. But you come to this event and you come in your workout clothes, and as Kathleen can tell you, it's mm-hmm. super fun, and you do a workout component. And this year, Equinox has developed one specifically for Move for Minds. It's the Move for Minds workout, which is a, a full 60 minutes of of a workout that is developed specifically not just to train your body to its um, optimal uh, points, but also your brain. And so it involves – Uh, circuit training and high interval training and it involves parasympathetic nerve involvement where you do some meditation and some yoga. So it's a full body and full brain workout and with the, with a real emphasis on what is good for your brain because we know there's certain exercises that are specifically, you know, optimal for your brain and things we need to do. And then as Kathleen. I'm going to get to those, because then Kathleen <laughs> will uh, she'll tell you, you go down to this panel of yeah. superstars. Huh. Like, how great was that, Kathleen? Uh,
2: I, Sandy, there's... And and I brought my mom that day, and so my grandmother died of Alzheimer's. Oh, wow. And my grandmother lived, and I. it's still embarrassing to admit, my sister and I live four houses apart. And my grandmother lived with my sister, and I tried to help, but I was not as helpful as I could be. But... It was a long, long right. time. It's a terrible thing. It is, I, I, I can't even explain what it's like to go through yeah. seeing someone you love so much look at you and just not know who you are. And But then you'd sing a song. You, you'd bring up something. And, and for that moment, you'd get their attention. You'd get that they, they knew who they were. They knew yep. who you were. And then it's gone. It's It's done. It's over. And being a part of this, Sandy, I am so grateful that you allowed me to be a part of this uh, last year. But the speakers came up, and they and there was all the families would get up and speak, and various speakers spoke. And I don't think I, I literally do not believe there was a dry eye hmm. in the house. And I know people say that all the time, but this is something that everyone is affected by. It's either your family or something you know that's yeah. been affected by this. It was one of the most moving things I've ever been to in my entire life, Sandy, and I'm so grateful to have been a part of
3: it. Well, we're very grateful that mm-hmm. you came, um, because um, thanks to you and all those other mothers you brought with you, <laughs>
2: um
3: uh, You know, we were able to put, you know, give five grants into research for women's brains. And, you know, the money goes to that. That's where the money goes. And it's an important subject. And there's so much we, we do know. So coming back to your question, you know, you come to one of eight equinoxes around the country. This year we're in Boston. We're in New York. We're in Washington, D.C. We're moving to Miami, Florida for the first time. So if anybody in Miami is listening, we need your help. <laughs> we're going into Dallas where we're kicking off our event on a Sunday night, actually, L.A., Orange County, and San Francisco. So if you've got an Equinox Sports Club or um, in Dallas and Miami, they're not sports clubs, they're Equinox gyms, you come to this amazing um day where you show up um, in most of the cities. It's from 10 in the morning to 1 in the afternoon. In Dallas, um, we're going to do it from 1 to 4 because they are in their own time zone. So um, we have this incredible day and the panelists are really superstars, rock stars of brain science, uh, people in the nutrition field, in sleep. The importance of sleep is critical to our brains the importance of fitness and exercise, of, of being, you know, playing games and being engaged with people. I mean, there is no subject that there is, it, everything gets covered about all the things you can do at a very young age to get engaged with your own brain health and mm. empowered. I mean, I think, you know, what Kathleen's, um, referring to is, is a sense of empowerment you, you, you have when you leave an event filled with real fact. And, you know, coming back to your original question, what are Maria and I doing putting on events like this? It's because we're journalists and we believe in facts and we believe in vetting that the very best people are going to be sitting at a panel and giving, you know, hundreds of people around the country the most up-to-date, cutting-edge, information on how to take care of your brain young. That's what we've learned. If you take care of your brain when you're young, you will delay, Hmm. uh, you can delay dementia, and we are hoping the onset of Alzheimer's. The science isn't all 100% in on that yet, but the fact is you will have a healthier life, period, because if you're taking care of your brain, you're taking care of your heart and every other organ, but you're also paying attention to this very, amazing organ that is, you know, basically ruling your, your your body and everything in it. And there's a lot we have ignored about taking care of our brains as we've been in the gym worrying about our breasts and our right. brows and our thighs and our <laughs>
2: eyes. <laughs> That's right, Sandy, one of the things that really I, I took away with, and to this day I still tell, I, I still repeat it constantly, was one of the speakers was saying you know, people will very haphazardly say, oh, I have Alzheimer's. I can't remember this. I can't remember that. And I thought one of the most significant moving speeches I've ever heard in my entire life was that day at Equinox when one of the women went up and said, you know, at first it was, where did I put my keys? Mm -hmm. And she said, that's not, everyone forgets their keys. And then it was, well, you know, where did I put my purse? Well, that's fine. But where did I put my car? Okay. Well, that happens. And then it was, how do I get home? Mm -hmm. And it was this sort of this progression into something where your heart was in your throat as she's telling this story about how it sort of progressed into realizing it had gone from, you know, just forgetting something as opposed to a medically or a medical reason for forgetting something. I'll never forget that ever in my entire life. I tell that to people all the time.
3: Yeah, well, that's Jerry Taylor you're talking about. We just saw her. You know, Maria was just honored and in Washington by the Alzheimer's Association, another wonderful partner of ours in all of this movement to, to find a cure for Alzheimer's. Um, she was honored with the Lifetime Achievement Award, and uh, there were um, thousands of people from the Alzheimer's Association in Washington and Jerry and Jim Taylor who you met that day uh, at Move for Minds were there and it was so lovely to see them and it was really powerful uh, to watch um, you know the the, the the worst thing for so many people is the stigma attached to Alzheimer's. Yes. Uh, when someone gets breast cancer, people don't go whisper in, in the closet about mm-hmm. it. And, and that is one of the things that's been so heartening about our work. And I think really Maria has been a leading advocate on this, uh, that breaking the stigma. Alzheimer's is a disease. It's a killer it's right. a mind-blowing disease. It is not something to be ashamed of. And uh, we're all at huge risk, you know, coming down the road as we get older. The baby boomers are, you know, turning 65 at 10,000 a day. Mm-hmm. So this is a subject that's just going to get bigger, not less so. But Jerry Taylor was lovely. I remember exactly what you're talking oh, about. it was amazing.
2: Young. Sandy, I can't believe this, but... Our time is up. I need (laughs) you to come back. We need to talk about this more. But for everybody listening tonight, move for mind. First of all, everything Marie Shriver has done and Sandy has done is something to be so inspired by, something to be so motivated by, and have nothing else to get involved with. And so, Sandy, tell everyone out there the best way to get involved with this and what they should do.
3: I think I first of all thank you for your very kind words. Um, I will be happy to come on uh anytime um, because I would like very much for uh people to sign up. Go to move M-O-V-E-F-O-R-M-I-N-D-S dot org. move dot org. Find your city. So if you're in New York uh, or Boston or Washington or Miami or Dallas or San Francisco or Irvine or L.A., there is a place for you to come on June 4th. Sign up. Join our movement. Join Maria Shriver's fight uh, to find a cure.
2: And we're going to do it. And because of people like Sandy and Maria... We're going to do it. So, uh, Sandy, I can't thank you enough for tonight. For those of you out there, I'll see you next Thursday night. And, Sandy, don't laugh yet. I hope to. I don't want to lose you yet, oh, Sandy. I'm Hold gonna. on. <laughs> but everyone out there, I'll see you next Thursday Bye. night. Bye. More fun moments.
3: If you served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA healthcare facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today... You can still serve through the Ambets by joining today at Ambets.org. Hi, I'm Janice
1: Ian. do you remember how excited you were to start a summer every year and how the summer just started to drag on? Couldn't wait to get back to school, see your old friends, make new friends, get new
3: books and a new locker and a clean slate? Well, you should have been excited about music class,
1: too, because that was a special room where you went to sing, perform with your friends, and learn all kinds of interesting stuff about great composers, instruments, different kinds of music and songs. We
3: remember our music teachers because they were so passionate about helping us learn to love music. They helped to spark a love for listening to notes and voices and rhythms that continues to enrich our lives even today. I bet your kids feel the same way about music class. Ask them and make sure they get involved with music in school and in their lives. A PSA brought to you by MENC, the National Association for Music Education, and the National Anthem Project, the campaign to restore America's voice through music education. Music, part of a sound
2: education.